Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hello, my family. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. We really appreciate that. Cannot wait to share with you the Word of God, but I got some cool things to talk about before we do. Well, first of all, Next week, everybody, one week from today, we get to uh, gather here at New Song, at least on a limited basis, and worship the Lord together. Um, details about that are found in a post that I, that I made earlier this week on Facebook. You can go to our website, mynsc.org, of course, and uh, view that for yourself, what that entails. June the 14th, of course, uh, attendance is or can be increased that day. So we're so excited about that. And of course, July 5th, no restrictions at all. Um, and so we'll, we'll keep sharing with you down the road what's going to be happening in the future. But I just wanted to say, everybody, that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, it is going to be wonderful to see you and worship with you in person. I wish that once we gathered that we can, you know, shake hands and give hugs. That's going to be limited, I'm sorry to say. But only for now, everybody. I, I'll tell you what, it's not always going to be like that. So hang in there with us. And uh, I want you to know better days are ahead, I promise you, I promise you. So uh, we're starting a brand new series today be, uh, that we're calling Four Letter Words, Four Letter Words. And um, obviously it's probably not what you thought it was going to be, uh, but words that are in the Bible that either we don't understand or we think has a negative connotation. And we're kind of redeeming those words and taking those words back and letting you know that uh, those words, um, those four-letter words that sometimes we don't like in the Bible, that, that they're not as bad as they sound. And today we're talking about the word wait. The word wait is the word for today. And it's a four-letter word that most people don't like. They don't like to wait. We know that. And I could give you all types of examples in that of that in society. And you know it as well as I do. Nobody likes to wait. And especially when we're waiting on the things of God, waiting on the promises of God, sometimes we just think God ought to be just in, instantaneously working for us and giving us exactly what we pray for when we pray for it. And, and I want to show you some things in the Bible that, that might surprise you um, as we study really the prophet Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And um, I, I want to say this, first of all, we, we need to define what wait is. And I know you're probably thinking, Pastor, I know what waiting is all about. But I, I want to I say it in a way that all of us can agree upon. And at the same point, it's going to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. So to define wait is, it's this, to remain stationary, with expectation. So it's to remain in place. And most people say, well, obviously that's what waiting is, remaining in place. No, if you're really waiting, you're, you are remaining in place, you're stationary, but you also, you're waiting on something. You have an expectation of something, that something's gonna get better or something's gonna get worse, but you have an expectation that something is going to change 
while you wait, okay? So, so now we're going to look at this portion of scripture in Jeremiah chapter 29. And many of you already know where I'm headed with this. You already know, oh, pastor, give it to me. Pastor, give, give me 2911. Give me Jeremiah 2911. That, I love that verse. In fact, everybody, if you want to know the truth, there are a lot of people out there that says that that is the second most uh, viewed verse on the internet, like the, the, when searches happen, Bible searches happen, verse searches happens on the internet. The first one is John three sixteen, but the second one is almost always Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven. And we all know that verse, and we all love that verse. And I'm going to read that to you very quickly. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And we all say. Amen to that. Like that's so encouraging. And that verse has encouraged so many of you in the past. And it should. It is a very, very encouraging verse. But the vast majority of Bible believers don't know the context of Jeremiah 29, 11. They know that verse. They love that verse. But if, if we were to ask them, hey, tell me what else is in Jeremiah chapter 29, most people would not be able to recall that. In fact, the vast majority of believers would say, I, I don't know. I just like Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, I'm, I'm going to uh, say a few things to you that, that um, no doubt at some point, something inside of you says, man, I know exactly what he's talking about, that, that, boy, that's so true, or, 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 hey, I, I didn't actually know that at all, like, I never put that together, and, and, hey, that verse really, it, it really kind of changes the way that I look at that verse, it's just a little bit different now, and I'm going to explain this to you to the, to the best of my ability. Uh, we're going to start with Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1, and I'm going to read just that one verse, and then we'll talk about it. It says, this in Jeremiah 29, 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among, among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So, so this is what we know, everybody, that King Nebuchadnezzar came in. He actually conquered Jerusalem, and he took the Israelites into exile, that they actually went, went back or, or went to Babylon back with King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, so that's the context of this, that, that Jeremiah has a word from the Lord for these people that, that have actually been taken captive out of Jerusalem, out of their city, and placed in a city that they've never been to before, that, they, that, that they've never uh, seen it, they've never experienced it, and to a people that they're in war with, that they're in conflict with. So now, with that in mind, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29, starting in verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, watch what this says at the very beginning, that I carried into exile from Jerusalem. Like God obviously allowed this to happen. Verse 5, build houses and settle down. So this is a word from the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah to 
the Israelites to the children of God that are now in captivity. He says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters and find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. There it is again, that I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, meaning the city, the, that area, if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yet, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So this is an amazing portion of scripture that Jeremiah is obviously receiving this word from the Lord and he's sharing it with those in captivity. And he says, now listen, listen, um, this is just the beginning. Like you're going to be in captivity for a little while. And he's really, he, he's really uh, telling them some bad news and, and, and he's saying, while you wait in this area that you obviously don't want to be in, while, while you go through this situation that you obviously don't want to go through, there's some instructions that the Lord would have me tell you. And, and I'm going to change this verbiage just a little bit and kind of condense that list that he records in Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 9. And, and the first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down, letter A. As you wait... The Lord was telling them, as you wait, build a home, build a home. And, and I don't mean just uh, the structure of the home, but he goes into detail there and he says, build houses and settle down and, and plant gardens and, and eat what they produce and marry and have sons and daughters and then give them away into marriage and have, uh, you know, uh, uh, children and, and, and grandchildren and even great grandchildren. He said, listen, as you wait, I want you to build a home. I want you to build a home. And I want to tell you this new song, that, that as, as we wait upon the Lord, the, the, God's desire for you as you're waiting for an answer for him, as you're waiting for deliverance, as you're waiting for your miracle, one of the things that he would tell you to do is, hey, build your home. Invest in your family and invest in your loved ones. Um, uh, don't, don't decrease, but increase. Like I want you not just to survive during this time. I actually want you to thrive during this time. That's one of God's goals for you. Even while you wait is not just survive, but to thrive. The second thing, letter B, write this down. He says, as you wait, make the most of your situation. Make the most of your situation. Now, he says it in a, in a little bit different uh, uh, manner. He says, he says, listen, you're going to be in this city that I've carried you into, and I want you to pray to the Lord for it. He says, I want you to pray that it would prosper because if that city prospers, if that area prospers, you too will prosper. So, so, so as you wait, new song, as you wait upon the Lord for the miraculous, for the divine, you need to make the most of the situation that you're in. So, so you're waiting for things to change in your life. You're, you're, you're waiting for, uh, um, 
the, the new job to come. You're waiting for that new employer. You're, you're waiting for uh, something at work. And God would say, no, 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 make the most of that situation. Well, Pastor Justin, I just, I just don't like my bosses whatsoever. That's all right. Pray for them. Pray for them because if they prosper, you're going to prosper too. So, so you pray for your bosses, you pray for your coworkers, you, you pray for your job. It, let, you can apply that same scenario to, to uh, really any, any area of your life. If um, I, I remember uh, lots of times uh, uh, parents not happy with school systems and not happy with, with teachers and not happy with uh, people that were just kind of in authority over the, the lives of their children. And I would often tell them, hey, uh, you know, you've put them down a lot, but have you prayed for them? Have you covered them in prayer? And sometimes, in fact, a lot of times the answer was, well, nah, I, haven't really, I haven't really thought about that. Well, that's what God would have you do. To, to actually take those things that, that you don't like about your situation and you make the most of it. You start speaking blessings over the, the, the people that, that you're with or that you're around or that are involved in your situation. You start blessing them and stop cursing them. That doesn't, that doesn't do any good, everybody. To speak death over somebody, to curse somebody or to put somebody down, it just never accomplishes anything. But when you speak life, that accomplishes a lot of things. As you know, I've told you so many times, that words are powerful and they produce results. So make the most of your situation. Letter C, as you wait, don't be fooled by others. And, and, and the Lord was speaking through Jeremiah to, to, to these in captive, to those that are in captivity right now. And he's saying to them, hey, listen, people are going to come to you and they're going to give you bad words. They're going to give you words that, that they say are wise, that they say are from the Lord, but they're not words that are actually from the Lord. And you need to be wise in who, in who you listen to. And don't be fooled by people who are going to give you wrong information. And, and New Song, let me tell you, that happens all the time, all the time, that wrong information is passed from person to person to person. And so when somebody's in a hard time and they're waiting on God and they don't like their, their circumstances, what happens a lot of time is, is people get, they feel attacked, they feel lonely, they feel hopeless, and they naturally just go out and seek the friendship and, and the advice of other people. And they, they, so they just talk to everybody. They, they just spill their guts to everybody, just wanting anybody to listen. And then all of a sudden, when that person listens, they, they open their mouth and they start giving advice. Well, listen, new song, not everybody has good advice for you. Not everybody is going to speak words of wisdom. Not everybody is going to speak the heart of God to you. And so don't be fooled by others as you wait. You, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest illustration that I have of this happened a long, long time ago. I'm talking 13, 14, 15 years ago here at New Song. When this, this uh, woman in this church was having, when, in our church, was having a very difficult time with her children. And Jennifer and I were kind of ministering to her and encouraging her. And, but, but she was just hopeless. She was waiting on the Lord. She was waiting for answers. She was waiting for change. And nothing was happening. And we found that she was going to other people just asking for advice and, and, and not only telling her problems, but saying, hey, what should I do? What would you do? What have you done? And, and so she's getting this advice, the, the, this family advice from somebody. She's sitting across the table from somebody and was explaining her problems and getting advice from them. But this person that she was getting advice from 
her, her children were a wreck, everybody. They, not one of them was serving Jesus. Not one of them uh, was just loving God and loving others. They were all very rebellious. They, 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 they were just troubled children. And in my heart, I was thinking to myself, no, don't get advice from her. She doesn't know. She's never seen success in that area. And, and I knew her actually well enough to know that, that even though she was a Christian, she was a very young Christian. She didn't know the word of God at all. And in my heart, I was thinking, what are you doing? Why are you going to her for advice? It reminds me of another time that, that somebody was asking marital advice from a person here in our church. And, and they didn't, they didn't understand it at the time, but that person had to, had been divorced three times. And they were in a fourth relationship at that time. And, 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 and again, inside of me, to that person, I was thinking, no, 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 you're asking the wrong person. You need to ask somebody who's been successful in marriage, who has, who has uh, absolutely fallen in love with the Lord and, and with his word and is mature in Christ and has lived that life. Go to them, ask advice of them, seek their counsel. Because as you wait, it's easy to be fooled. It's easy to be fooled by people who will just tell you what you want to hear. But don't do that, everybody. That's just, that's just foolishness. We need to be wise in those moments. And as we wait, as we wait, don't be fooled by others. Make sure you're listening to the word of God primarily, first and foremost. And then listen to others who have been successful in that area and also know and love not only our heavenly father, but his word. That's how that should take place, everybody, all right? So now let's continue reading. Those are kind of the things that, that Jeremiah is saying at this point. As you, as you wait, build a home, make the most of your situation, and don't be fooled by others. And now we come to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10. He says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon... When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Okay, stop right there. This is what the Lord is speaking through Jeremiah. He's saying, hey, 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 this is going to be a long wait. You're gearing up for 70 years of captivity. Now, yes, God is going to rescue you. Yes, it's going to happen. But it's going to be 70 years years from now. That's a long wait. Now, with that in mind, let's read verse 10 again in context with verse 11. Now, here we go. This is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you see it? New song, do you see it? Hey, there's going to be some time of waiting. But I promise you, God would say, but I promise you I'm going to show up at the right time because I do have plans. I do have plans. He says, then, at that time, then, you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back 
to the place from which I carried you into exile. The Lord is telling them, listen, it's going to be a little while, but I'm going to be with you and I will rescue you. But until I rescue you, I want you to thrive where you are. I, I, I want you to build a home. I want you to make the most of the situation. I, I don't want you to be fooled by others. I want you to listen to my voice and, and the voice of nobody else. I want you to thrive as you wait, and I will rescue you. And, and I, I want to encourage you with some things concerning waiting. That Remember, waiting is to remain in place, but you're remaining in place with expectation about the future. So here's some encouragement while you wait. Number one, that God thinks about us every day. You say, well, where, where's that in scripture? Well, the, the true, I would say the truest literal translation of that word plan, or when, when, when the Lord says, for I, I know the plans that I have to prosper you, the, the best translation of that world of that word is not actually plans. It's actually thoughts. And God is saying, hey, I know the thoughts that I have for you. I know those thoughts. And they're thoughts that, that include your benefit and your welfare and your success and your rescue. I know the thoughts that I have for you. I think of you every day. New song, he thinks of you every day. Whoever's listening and you're so lonely, and you don't think anybody cares. Well, first of all, we care. But even more important than that, God thinks about you every day. He has thoughts about you. He has plans for you. And in your waiting, don't give up. Just know that the Lord loves you and he's thinking about you right now. Well, pastor, with so many people in this earth, how could he possibly be thinking about me right now? Do you forget that God is omnipresent? He is everywhere all the time and he loves you and he knows you as if you're the only person on the earth. That's how great God is. He's thinking about you right now. He loves you. You're on his mind. Be encouraged with that today. Some more encouragement while you wait. Number two, plans refer to the future. If you think about this, if, if God is saying, hey, I have plans for you, plans always refer to the future. They always have to do with the future and God's plans are worth waiting for. So if God says, hey, I've got some thoughts about you, I have some plans about you, then, then those plans have to be about the future because if those plans had already happened, they would already be history, everybody. It wouldn't be your future, it would be your past. He says, no, 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 I've got a great future for you. I have some thoughts, I have some plans here, and, and they're good, they're, they're wonderful. And let me tell you, New Song, that if you're in, in a waiting period right now, that God's plans are worth the wait. And you'll be able to look back and say, you know what, that took a long time, but boy, was that worth it. You know, God, God did some things in me that took multiple years he rescued me from some things that took multiple years for me to go through. And at the end of it, I was so free in Christ that I said, if I had to go through that again, I would. Because I realized that that freedom that I had in Christ was worth the wait. It was worth that time of refinement. It was worth what God was doing in me and through me. It was worth the wait, everybody. I'm telling you, God has nothing but good planned for you. He lives for your benefit. That's who he is. That's what he does. So yeah, his plans are about your future. And his plans are worth the wait. Number three, 
Impatience, watch this new song. Impatience is not the way out of exile. God is. Rushing things, that's not the way out of exile. Making it happen on your own, that's not the way out of exile. There, there, there are some that, that, that are in a waiting period and they just get so frustrating. They start manipulating things around them. Listen, that's not God's best for you. That's not God's plans for you. That's your plans for you. And if you're following your plans for you, you're not following God's plans for you. And you're missing out on what's best. So impatience and manipulation and trying to do it on your own, everybody, that is not God's best. We, we need to wait on him. And you say, well, how do I know I'm in a season of waiting? You'll know. You'll know. You'll just say, you know what? God hasn't done it yet, but he's going to do it. And I'm trusting in him to do it. I'm just waiting on God's best. That's what I'm doing right now. You'll know. You'll know. And if you say, well, I'm not in a season of waiting, you will be at some point. We all learn to wait. As believers, as children of God, we all must learn to wait. And I'm going to prove that to you in a second. Number four, waiting should never, ever jeopardize our faith. That waiting actually should increase it. It should increase our faith. That, that waiting, if, if you're waiting and your faith is starting to be jeopardized, can I tell you something? That one of the, one of the first one of the first things that you need to know if your faith is being jeopardized, that you're not in the word of God enough, that you're not studying the promises of God enough. You're not studying the Bible enough because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. And so for those people who's like, I, you know what, my, my faith is just in shambles and, and I don't even know if I have it anymore. To them, I say, get back into the word because it produces faith. It produces faith. So as you wait, one of the best things that you could ever do is invest your time in the word of God and the promises of God. Get to know who God is. Get to know his character. Get to know his nature. When you get to know him, you'll trust him all the more and your faith will grow. So waiting should never jeopardize our faith. It actually should increase it as we invest ourselves in the word of God. Then we take God's word and, and, and ingest it and, and apply it to our lives and really firmly believe it. Let me prove that to you right now. Um, that, that, and this is just from the book of Psalms, okay? So I just took some scriptures, how your faith should be increasing right now. I only looked at the book of Psalms when it concerned waiting, and I want you to catch what I caught already, and it's powerful, everybody. And, and remember, we all have to wait. At some point, we all have to wait. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. How do I wait? Expectantly. The next one, and I'm not giving reference result. There's just so many. I remain confident of this, the psalmist says. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Why? Because I'm confident I will see the goodness of the Lord. Another verse says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Do you sense the faith behind that statement? Lord, I wait for you because one thing I know, you will answer, Lord, my God. Another one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He heard me, he turned to me, but I waited and I patiently waited, but I knew he was going to hear. I wait for the, the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. See, when we put our hope in the word of God, it's going to increase our faith. 
And our faith does not have to be in jeopardy. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Let let me say it like this, everybody, that every single day that you wait, your deliverance is one day closer. Every single day that you wait on the Lord, your deliverance is closer than ever. So have you been waiting? Well, keep on waiting and keep on trusting. Keep on believing the Lord because he will answer. And if you trust God where you are right now, if you trust God where you are right now, he'll take you where he wants you to be. Get that in your heart. Get that in your spirit. If you wait on the Lord where you are right now and you trust him and you yeah, call out to him and make the most of your situation and get to know him and his word, I promise you, if you wait on the Lord where you are right now and do it the right way, he'll take you to where he wants you to be. And that's his promise to us, everybody. Wait on the Lord. And when you do, if you do it the right way, you'll be renewed, you'll be strengthened, and you'll see his deliverance. It's going to be powerful. Listen, over the last few weeks, we've been waiting to get together. We've been waiting to, to worship together in this place. Can I tell you, I think, I think the best is yet to come. I think the waiting is going to be worth it. Because when we gather together and, and, and we stop taking uh, church family and, and the presence of God for granted and, and, and we, we, we break that mindset that, oh, it's just church, it's just gathering. No, when we break that, that mindset and we realize how wonderful it is to worship with other believers and we gather in this place, can I tell you the best is yet to come, that, that, that it's going to be a powerful time when we get together and I can't wait just one week from today everybody it starts and I know it's limited seating for now that's going to change just in a few weeks but when we start worshiping together don't you miss a Sunday and let's allow the the spirit of the Lord to show up in power and the presence of God to show up in power and change us and make us more like Jesus Christ our Savior I love you new song let me pray for you Heavenly Father I pray that you would encourage every single person who's in a season of waiting, that as they trust in you, as they, as they uh, learn to, to continue to make the, the investments in their home, as they continue to not just survive, but to thrive, as they, as they make the most of the situation, as they listen to the right people, Father, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them and help them to wait the right way. Not, not jeopardizing their faith, not, not uh, uh, ignoring your word and, and ignoring truth, but actually drawing closer to you than ever before, that they would, that they would ingest your word, that, that they would uh, 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 not only uh, study it, but memorize it, apply it to their life, Lord. Lord, I pray that they just learn to wait the right way. And Father, we know that you are trustworthy. Even in the middle of the waiting, we know that you are doing the supernatural, that you're doing the things that need to be done, that you're doing what needs to be done for our deliverance, uh, um, for our rescue, Lord. And we thank you that, that you have always been trustworthy. You're proving yourself tw- trustworthy even now. And we know, Father, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the longer we wait, the closer our deliverance really is. And the Father, we know 
that your goodness, your mercy, your love, it's going to be seen and it's going to be experienced by all of us as we wait on you. That's what your word says, that when we wait, that, that when we take that time and study your word and to pray, that you hear us, you turn towards us, and you do the miraculous. And Father, I thank you that our futures are better than, our, than, than what we're experiencing right now. It's better than our present. Lord, I thank you that you think thoughts about us, that we're always on your heart. We're always in your mind. I thank you, Lord, that you have good things in store for us. So even while we wait, we trust. Even while we wait, our hope is in you. Even while we wait, we have confident expectation that you're going to show yourself mighty on our behalf. And we love you. And we thank you for it. And Father, as we start to gather, really starting a week from today, as we start together, Father, show up in this place like never before. Show us your power. Show us your glory. Lord, fill this place with your presence. And Lord, I pray that New Song would accomplish things that we could never think of or imagine. According to your will and according to your word, we declare it as being done for the glory of your name. We love you. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. And we pray it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.